Hey, what's up, y'all? My name is Gary, and welcome to the second season of It's Personal. Okay, good. This is going to be really dope, but I don't want any <laughs> Putting yourself out there as practitioners who are growing and learning. Not at all. My name is Kwame Mbalia. I'm an author. I'm Padma Venkatraman, the author of The Bird Home. Sure, yeah. My name is Natasha Diaz. Code switching and all those things. I mean, all of that. All the time. I mean, he's still on the road all the time, but you know, like as a new mom. The relationship that I have cultivated from there. Uh, I'm so excited to talk to you. (laughs) This is amazing. This is so fun. He was like on the road all the time. I mean, he's still on the road all the time, but you know, like as a new mom, as somebody who was like taking my teaching life really seriously, Mm -hmm. it was like, it was super difficult because you know what that's like, right? You're getting like 150% of your being. And then suddenly, like when you have your own child, like you can't, it's like you can't do both. Like you cannot give 300% of yourself and then like have, you know, a, a, a whole person left at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So it was a real struggle and that I wasn't able to operate as I typically do uh, in the classroom because I had a child and I was figuring so many different things out. So I'm just thinking like that experience and like how hard it was to be a mother fully, to be a teacher fully, to also be doing a lot of like solo parenting and figuring out all of that while Corn was like, you know, like writing books and doing all this stuff on the road. Mm-hmm. And so now, you know, now we have two kids and both of them are like school age. So our youngest daughter, Indira, is in kindergarten. Soleil is in second grade. Like they're, I mean, obviously they're not like independent yet, but I have so much like space in my brain now to like think and grow ideas and just like be amongst like my, like my mind with other grownups. It's so, it's like so different and it's not like better or worse. It's just like, I'm moving into a new realm of being like, um, I feel like that this year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with that being said, there's a lot, there's a lot that comes with, um, I feel like that responsibility, you know, now that I have time to like think with other grownups and, and build, I feel like I'm in this period of my life right now where it's time to like, you know, support, support others and grow ideas and, and do a little bit of movement building. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where I feel like I'm at right now. And I That's feel amazing. like because I'm, because I'm a, mo- a mom and I'm just like this expert multitasker, I'm, I'm, it's like my forte. It's what I'm really good at. So what's, what do you love the most about being a mom? Uh, I love, I love that, you know, you can, um, you see like a better version of yourself every day in your children. Mm-hmm. It's like you, we work so hard to make sure, you know, your kids have what they need and they, they constantly like show you that it's, like everything is gonna be okay because like the questions they ask or the things that they're curious about or the experiences that they wish for. Mm -hmm. And that's a, there's like a constant state of of hope. And, you know, I admire my children for that. And it's been really beautiful witnessing that with Cornelius, Um, you know, cause it's like not glamorous in the beginning at all. It's so far glamorous. I would argue it's still not glamorous now, but at least like now, you know, as your kids grow older, you see um, all these things that you work for and wish for, like, you know, I mean, Soleil is like really concerned about the earth right now. She is like asking these deeply philosophical questions, like who created God? And I'm like, well, (laughs) 
was talking about like ancestral planes and the car ride on the way to like a New Year's Eve party. I love um, yeah, yeah. And our little one, Indy, she's such a, she's such a fiery spirit, but we just, so we just got a kitten too mm-hmm. a couple months ago. And this kitten is like her child. It is, it's beautiful to see a five-year-old care for a creature, like in the way that she does. Um, yeah. So there's, I think just like seeing, seeing them just version like 2.0 of yourself in a better and more beautiful way. It's really cool. Do you find that they're picking up um, personality traits from both of you? That they are like, they're makers. So my family, I think one of the, like, I'm, a, I'm into like building and growing ideas is because like I witnessed my, my dad and I'm like, my dad like built on a whole new wing of our house with my uncles, like just them, like no blueprint, like no, like hiring anybody, none of that. Wow. Uh, so that was just like a regular part of my life. Like if something broke, like we went to the library and like read about how to fix it. It was like before YouTube, before I still, like we, we were like reading. <laughs> the original YouTube. <laughs> yeah, right. And how to like fix shit in our house. And you know, my mom and my grandma, like um, my mom like sewed my clothes. Like my grandmother was constantly like into like fiber arts, crocheting, like needlepoint. So I, I'm still very much like, that's like a level of catharsis for me. So my kids, they are always making stuff like, they make all different kinds of art. Like, like they will patch pieces together. Like they made like this very funky, like gingerbread <laughs> doll the other day. Um, yeah. And then, you know, corn, corn is like, I mean, such a beautiful person in so many ways, but one of the, not, I don't know, it's pretty common actually quirky things is that he's a gamer. Like he's a video gamer, like hardcore. So mm-hmm. like every night this man plays video games and our oldest daughter especially is like really, really into video games right now. She's like counting down the days until she can get a switch. She just wants to be in that world. So mm-hmm. yeah, I guess those are more hobbies they've picked up from us. Yeah, but I, but, I think uh, that's cool you know. because as they get older, like you're going to see even more, like I know that he's also into skateboarding, so I wouldn't be surprised if skateboarding gets finds its way in there as well. Would you say some of those hobbies specifically for you have come through um, like your childhood? Oh, definitely. I mean, I have like such a specific memory learning how to, you know, like crochet, for example. Um, huh. so, my, so my family moved around a lot. My dad was in the military. So we, we hopped around like many different states when I was growing up. And so every summer, we go home to my parents are um, originally from Ohio, Northern Ohio. And we would spend like lots of time with my grandparents. And so my maternal grandmother would just like be on her couch and she called it a, a Davenport, which I think is like hilarious <laughs> <laughs> on the Davenport. Crocheting. And I was like, I would just sit next to her and watch. And she, you know, she taught me. And so like from, I was young, maybe like seven when I learned how to like crochet and I mean, I would just like sit next to my mom and my mom would, you know, just like sew stuff all the time. Like when she was in high school, it's, it's obviously like not like today in the seventies, you know, like you could go to the store, but you know, people didn't have money all the time. Like getting to the store was like far away. So like, it was much more common to just like sew your stuff. And so mm-hmm. she was constantly just like putting like Easter dresses for us together or like Christmas dresses. And so she would just like give me her scraps and yeah, I would just like sit next to her and watch her and, and learn. And then with my dad, like he never, um, you know, certainly I would say like, 
more traditional like gender norms were certainly like evident in my family mm -hmm. but my dad would never like limit like he was a mechanic in the military so he was in charge of like um running making sure like lots of different equipment was running I, i've never fully understood exactly what he did but maybe that's how most <laughs> military positions go but anyway he also he can like build and fix things really really well so like part of um you know i became a teenager and started driving culture is like you start really young in the midwest you know so like around 14 i was like practicing driving but along with that he would always insist that we learn how to you know check your oil and change your oil and I mean, I can remember my first car was a 1989 Buick Skylark and I had like worked all summer to like buy this car, but it started, you know, I had like issues or whatever, but my dad was like, oh, no worries. Like, well, you know, we'll be be fine. Fix it. <laughs> and I remember I had a job at the Gap at the mall, which was like, I don't know, five miles from my house like that. And the, I remember it was the carburetor would overheat. And so I would have to drive around with a gallon of water in the back in the back seat of my car. And when I would get to the mall, I would have to like refill. I'm pretty sure it was a carburetor. I'd have to refill the carburetor with water on my way to working so at the no gas. So yes. like, <laughs> so all of these things have like, I mean, pretty much like nothing is impossible to me. Everything can be fixed. You know, it's you know that's who we are and that's how we grew up so building yeah. resilience right that's how yeah. you build resilience <laughs> for sure and humility too not for nothing like you know a 16 year old girl teenage girl like on her way to the gap like you know with her hood open you know <laughs> pressing really hard so like, oh, it's not easy to that is awesome. so, Cassie, you have yeah. um do you have siblings i do i i'm the youngest in my family i have an older brother Okay. who lives in kansas city and i have an older sister who lives closer to my parents in northern okay. ohio okay so what is yeah. what did that relationship look like um growing up as well um being, i guess being the smallest i'm assuming like i always hear the stories of like you get the short end of the stick um, <laughs> <laughs> um at the same time there's also um a love from your parents that i think continues to grow even more because they see that the older kids are growing up and they're moving out um what did that look like what did that look like for you you know it's interesting I, so i'm really close with both of my i mean with all my family my siblings i would say we have like somewhat different relationships just because you know i mean they are they're individual people of course um but we were, you know, I would say our family maybe is tighter than the average family just because we moved around a lot. And, you know, with that, you're constantly, not constantly, but every time you move, you know, you're making, as a child, you're forced to like make a whole new friend group. And so when that, you know, if we move in the summer, that friend group isn't there yet. You're hanging out with your brother and sister, like that's your friend group. <laughs> and so yeah. um, my brother's two years older than me. So we are closer in age than my sister is six years older than me so as a child i think i definitely served as like the annoying little sister especially to my sister because we shared a room you know and i was like super messy and just you know like always wanted to like hang out with her and her friends and they were like way cooler than i was and i was definitely just like being annoying and in the mix um and you know my brother was like interested in different stuff um than me but we went we were often in the same school my brother and i so that was always really cool because um, in high school, for example, like 
I remember we were in band together and we didn't know anybody. And it was always great to have, you know, just like built-in friend brothers right there. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was, we were really close. We were really close. That's so good. And I'm assuming they live quite a ways away now. So do you get to see them often? I would say, you know, we do our best. Um, you know, I'm in New York. So New York is not an easy place for people to visit if you're not accustomed to urban life. Um, it's very different. Uh, you know, we don't we don't have a car, for example. Even if you live in a huge apartment, it's typically still only going to be like two max three bedrooms. And so, just even at, even having people like stay with you for a while, it's just like it's not like staying in the Midwest or West Coast. We have just like oodles of space and a huge yard and all this jazz. So it is harder, and it's also like a lot more money to just like be here, right? Sure. Um, uh, so I, we often go to my family in the summer. So every summer we do like a big visit. And then usually we try to get there like one more time in the year, depending on like how like work is going or vacation is going. Mm -hmm. um, so we usually get to see each other twice a year. And that's been that's really good. great. That's good. Yeah. yeah. And like I just met up with them. We just met up with my brother in Chicago just for fun. So sometimes like things just make it happen you know and that's what you're supposed to do that's what families do yeah that's what families do it's yeah. not that hard no and as you get older obviously it gets trickier um, but at the same time those moments feel so much more because like you notice that we're getting older and sometimes there's kids involved so that's always nice to see little nieces and nephews and stuff like that so i totally i totally understand yeah yeah, and we have a lot of, I have a lot of nieces and nephews. I have, uh, on my side, on my sister and brother, have, uh, one, two, three, four, I have like five. Wait. Five? Four nieces. I have four nieces, one nephew. On oh, that's yeah. a big family then. Yeah, and then on Corn's side, I have, we have a niece and a nephew. Oh, side. that's so cool. And yeah. uh, speaking of him, how did, like, that happened. How did you guys meet each other? Oh, well, Cornelius and I met each other teaching, of course. Oh. <laughs> we started teaching, I started teaching in 2006. And that was his second year of teaching, but he was switching from a school. He started in the Bronx, then he switched to the same school in Brooklyn. And we met over bagels, like first day reporting to work, we met over bagels. Uh -huh. And, you know, I would say like, we had, you know, we connected there certainly, but I think like the, there's like the special connection you have like on a like very human level. And then there's like the, another level of connection you have when you are working towards like a, a similar goal, which mm -hmm. is, you know, like really serving the community in front of you. And that particular community was just, I mean, it was kind of like right time, right people, but so many things, I mean, A, like I learned so many things from that community, but Cornelius and I had a really special time. Like we taught the same, so he was a seventh grade teacher and I, for the most part, I taught multiple grades in high school, but for the most mm -hmm. part, I spent time in ninth grade. And so by the time his students got to me, like we had been dating for a while and it was just like this really special thing to kind of like scoop up someone's kids That's from cool. previous years and then mm -hmm. care, you know, give them care and you know, help them to develop into, you know, their, their beautiful selves. And mm -hmm. it was just like a really special time. Mm -hmm. 
So we, we had, taught together or like, we weren't, you know, teaching together in the same classroom, but mm -hmm. he taught upstairs. I taught downstairs in the same school as a six through 12 school. Mm -hmm. And we spent a lot of time, you know, working towards the same goals with the same people. Oh, uh, cool. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to assume he was the one that talked to you first. <laughs> well, you know, Cornelius is like, he talks to a lot of people. Like he makes a lot of people feel that, really That's special. exactly that's what I was saying. <laughs> no other uh, reason. He's just so like, he's constantly talking to people. So that's why I was like, yeah. there's no other way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, so I think honestly, like we got really close because uh, one, one thing that's very common in New York City schools is there's like always like a space problem. Like there's never enough space for the amount of classes that need to take place. So in our school, we had advisory, like a very strong advisory program. And in advisory, there was only 50, it was a maximum of 15 kids. Mm -hmm. So every grown up who could be in front of kids by themselves, like had a group of 15 kids for advisory every day. And so um, middle school advisory took place the first half of lunch like there was, I don't know, some kind of programming lunch situation. So middle school advisory would take place during high school lunch and high school advisory would take place during middle school lunch. So my advisory ended up being in Cornelius's classroom. Oh, and no I had like a, I think I had like a 11th and 12th grade advisory. And I had, because I was a special educator, I also was teaching mostly students who had some kind of individual education plan. And it was a very just like colorful group of kids. Like they had like vibrant personalities and advisory is cool. Cause you know, you can do a lot of stuff with like community building and it's not so like oriented and like, let's, let's learn how to read together. Like develop this like critical lens. So it's not that right. And so my advisory was like really lit. It was super fun. And Cornelius was kind of like always in the room, just like doing his thing, you know, prepping, getting ready, whatever. And he also had this rabbit in his classroom and the rabbit had come from his previous school in the Bronx from a field trip. They went to like an animal shelter for a field trip and Cornelius is so soft in some ways with kids that he let the kids convince him to adopt a rabbit on the field trip. <laughs> so we had, we had this rabbit. So up until we like moved in together and we're married, like we had, we had this rabbit for a long time. <laughs> Anyway, the rabbit was in the advisory room and the rabbit was just like a great connecting force. You know, I would visit the rabbit, Cornelius would be in the room when my advisory is taking place. And I think we just got to know each other on, you know how you get to know each other by not talking to people necessarily, like through observing, watching, listening, just kind of like experiencing their presence. There was a lot of that in our relationship in the, in the early years. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that's, and maybe you've experienced this too, because um, your wife is a teacher, right? I don't know how you yeah. all met, but you've experienced yeah. her like in, in her like work environment. Totally. And so it's, it's different, right? Mm -hmm. Very, very different. Yeah. And I yeah. think it's funny because when you mentioned that um, you get to um, see your um, spouse's kids or you get to teach them, we had that experience at our old school, so oh, cool. third grade. Um, she happened to be teaching sixth grade and we had been there for four years. So she started to get some of my students, which is like you said, it's really cool to have that relationship, knowing that there's that connection involved. It's just so sweet. Yeah. It, there's really nothing sweet. like it. It's, it's yeah. so rare. Yeah. It's and really, it's, really cool. We, um, 
you know, we, you know, we, we were like working the same, like we work literally side by side, I would say like five mm -hmm. days out of the month now. So it's, um, it's cool to be working with grownups in that way. But mm -hmm. at the same time, you know, I think like our golden years were definitely like that period of time, like teaching mm -hmm. in school, classroom mm -hmm. life. Like that mm -hmm. is something that is like, you can't like that experience can't be recreated. It's, it's like very special. Agreed. Agreed. Cass, tell yeah. me what are some, what are some of your other hobbies? What are some things that you like to do other than like, we know you are an amazing educator. Um, what are some of the things outside of like the education stuff that someone um, would know about you? Oh, that's funny. Well, <laughs> I feel like I've talked a lot about the fiber arts. So that's always been a part of my life. I'll stop talking about that. Uh, I, so it's funny. I was just talking about this the other day. So I am a big explorer. Like I love exploring neighborhoods. So one of the things I'm really into is finding a neighborhood I haven't been to yet. And I'm lucky because, you know, we live in New York. This is like a very easy thing to do. Um, and you just like, you just walk and you explore and you take somebody with you and you just like go where the wind takes you. And it's so, it's such a fun thing to do. Like I remember one time, uh, this was quite a while ago, but this is a great experience. So if you start in Brooklyn and you walk across the Brooklyn Bridge and you walk all the way on the east side of Manhattan to the UN, it is the most beautiful walk. And you can just like experience, I mean, you experience like, you know, 18 different walks of life in like all of these different neighborhoods. And you can like eat at, you know, different places. Like you can get some <clears throat> New York City pho, which people will be like, ew, like it's, the, it's <laughs> not the most coveted pho in, in the United States. Um, but it's, there's just like so many opportunities to experience like different culture in like a span of three hours. It's really fun. And you, you know, you can like go to anywhere in Queens. We just went to Jackson Heights like a week ago, like over, over a holiday break. And, you know, we had, there's like a, a Thai enclave in the midst of Jackson Heights, which is very much like South Asian. And we got like, um, you know, our friend is Napoli, but we went to a Tibetan temple on the way. Like there's like, it's New York City is such a beautiful place to live and as hard as it is to live here, it's like the reason that we stay and the reason it's home is because we want to experience that constant, just like fuel of, you know, decentering ourselves. Like there's so many other people and cultures and ways of being to, to look towards, to learn from. That's so that's like, my, that's my, I'm sorry. That's so, no, that's so good. I think like exploring and then on top of that, exploring in New York, like I think that's just amazing and for you to be able to continue to find those like um what do you call it like diamonds in the rough almost like i'm yeah. sure when you're exploring you're finding places and things that you are new to all the time so that's just like that's really cool yeah it's fun you know and it's it's interesting because when so when cornelia started traveling when he was working with the reading and writing project and i was still teaching you know i'd had summers off and we had small babies and so I would just like take I think it was mostly Soleil just had one kid at that time so I would take her with him on the trip like we'd all go together and so there was like three weeks we spent in Seattle and like during that three period of time like I knew like every orifice of Seattle because I would just like take <laughs> with me for everywhere and poor Cornelius had like seen like the school and the hotel and like that was it and it was it's so funny because even to this day like i'll be like oh you know like he went to where did he go recently um 
I forget. I think it was like Indianapolis or something. And uh-huh. I lived in Indiana when I was little. I was like, oh, did you go to such and such? And he's like, Cass, he's like, I went to school. I went to the hotel. <laughs> I went to sleep. <laughs> so I, I, I get it. Like, you know, when you're working with a whole entire like school community, it, it, it takes a lot of energy. But I, yes, um, yeah. I'm always trying to like stretch the experience and see uh-huh. where we can go. You uh-huh. know? And I think it's tricky because like you go to these places and you're thinking before you get there, like I'll have the energy to try something. But knowing that you had been in school for so long, working with adults, because adults, like they're not always easy to work with. <laughs> right? So, adults are way harder than kids to work with. Exactly. Like, exactly. Yeah, they're very, very, like they're moody attention which is very very hard at times um often i'm assuming for him it's just or anybody you just want to relax once you're finished dealing with dealing with adults so it makes sense yeah yeah it's, it's intense work it's, it's a shift for sure you know if you're working with kids for you know a decade and then you move into this new territory where you're like developing whole communities it's hard like this year has been cool I, I would say moving into last year, you know, because we've started like, sort of like our own thing. And part of what, you know, we're really trying to insist upon is that it's not just working with teachers and telling like, you know, putting all of this work on the teacher's shoulders. It's really about like families, it's about admin, it's about kids, it's about like that whole, everything coming full circle, right? And I think, you know, we have to expand our ideas of what it means to, to like create learning experiences mm-hmm. to move it happen in a lot of teachers like that's too mm-hmm. too much yeah it's a it takes a community to to help right so i totally agree with you i totally agree Aww. Cass, thank you so much i hope you guys like successfully are able to move and get all of your stuff out. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's fine i you know it's, it's cool don't worry about it boxes next time we chat there'll be something much more beautiful behind me <laughs> Cass, thank you so much. All right. Uh, All right. Thank you, Gary. Have a good night. I'll see you later. See you.